a global HR leader may want to know Y, um, and then a country reward manager may want to know Z or Z. Um, don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful that it should be shared around with clear um, hypothesis, clear objectives related to the bigger business. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast focused on blending research and practical advice to help today's HR, talent, and learning leaders improve business outcomes. Let's welcome your host, Ben Eubanks. Hey everyone, it's Ben Eubanks, host of We're Only Human, and so glad to have you here today. It's going to be a really interesting show. We're going to dig into data and analytics and why we as business leaders, HR leaders, need to be more comfortable with that conversation. Um, I always make the joke, I don't know anyone that got into HR because they love data and numbers and metrics. However, just the way the business is going, the way that the profession is evolving, we have to be more comfortable with this. It is a part of who we are and who their function is going to be for sure in the future. So some stats around that. saw some research from IBM that said, you know, all these millions of jobs are going to require reskilling and lots of focus on soft skills. And that's a big echo for the research we've done. But one of the hard skills that is becoming more and more important is this focus on analytics and data and being comfortable with using evidence and information versus just your gut. There's actually a four times growth in firms that have an HR analytics function, as we'll hear today from the conversation with Matt. So in this episode, I'm going to interview Matt Jackson. He's the VP of Client Solutions at Thompson's, and we're going to dig into some new research they did around how the HR analytics kind of function is growing, and we'll look at some practical insights into how HR teams can get started with data, what it takes to build or buy your own um, subject matter expertise internally, so a really interesting piece around that. But one other interesting fact ran across recently to kind of echo this, again, just reinforcing this need to focus on this this conversation around data and evidence within HR. Sierra Cedars 2019-2020 report, this is arguably the most in-depth piece of research on HR technology in the world. They, they survey thousands of companies, get really, really in-depth on what they're using, what they like, what their what their focus is, everything else. One of the things that they pulled from their, that I pulled from their data, this new report, is that more than one-third of companies in their data set are adding analytics headcount to support HR, but fewer of them are planning to hire generalists, admins, payroll practitioners. So they're moving towards more strategic analytics focus and less on that just general HR admin type focus. So if your only skill set today is answering the phone, putting a smile on your face, being a friendly face in HR, I'm not saying those things don't matter, but I'm also saying that you need to make sure you're honing these other skills, get more comfortable with analytics and data. And again, we'll talk about some of that in the show today. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. This is Ben Eubanks, host of We're Only Human, and I'm really glad to have you here today. We're going to have an interesting conversation. I can already feel it. The energy's in the air. So I'm going to be talking with uh, Matt Jackson. He's the VP of Client Solutions at Thompson's Online Benefits. We're going to dig into analytics, measurement, data, evidence as it pertains to HR and talent. So I think it's going to be a fun conversation. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ben. Delighted to be here. Absolutely. And I actually have a personal rule. If anyone has an awesome accent, I've got to have them on the show, regardless of what they have to talk about. So you're actually going to talk about something interesting, and you have the accent. So it's going to be a double win for everybody. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. It certainly served me well in the, uh, on the East Coast for a few years. Sure. <laughs> I have no doubt. I have no doubt. So just to start us off, Tell us a little about who you are and what you do. Sure thing. So um, I work for a company, as you said, called Thompson's Online Benefits. I'll call them Thompson's for short. We are a global benefits technology company. Um, and our purpose in this world is to change benefits for good. 
And by that, I mean for the betterment of everybody involved and in perpetuity. And when I say benefits, I specifically refer to employee benefits within this big, broad talent spectrum that we live in. So we do that by providing impactful software for a couple of audiences. The first one, probably being the most important in my eyes, is the employee and their dependents. And we deliver engaging, intuitive, personalized, localized benefits interactions to help them with benefits education and appreciation. Um, One of the big things that we lean on is being there at the moments that matter. Now, benefits are considered relatively, dare I say, boring from time to time. But if you think about everything that you go through in life from um, getting married, having kids, moving house, moving globally, benefits follow you around and they support you. So it's very important that we as employees are educated about them and, and we are engaged with them as well. The next audience is the people that employ these wonderful lives of employees and dependents. So that is the employers. And what we do is provide software that allows them to automate those pesky administrative tasks, um, meaning they can create parity on a global scale through efficiencies and move to a more strategic mindset. And then the final would be the benefit vendors or insurance market. And what we do there is help them remove the administrative burden from their world, which really allows them to focus on delivering great new and innovative products in the best possible way. We are now 19 years old. Gosh, I can't believe it's been that many years. Um, We're live in 101 countries, speaking 36 different languages through our platform and covering 3 million lives right now. Uh, Myself, personally, so as you can tell, I'm from the UK, um, but that's only really where my my story starts. So I've been uh, living and breathing the benefits technology industry at Thomson's for 11 years. I've been fortunate to work in London for three of them, working with multinational companies to design, communicate, deliver benefit programs across EMEA. Then I had the most amazing three years in Hong Kong, where I worked across the Asia Pacific region, integrating technology into a human capital consulting proposition. And now I'm just coming up to five years in New York, where I've been intimately involved in the global human capital management space with a multinational focus. And my current role is to lead the the best team, in my opinion, in Thompson's, which is the client solutions team. I'm always going to be very, very biased there. But um, they're a collection of subject matter experts solely focused on ensuring that this market and our clients understand exactly what our proprietary software does, how it delivers specific to their challenges and how they go about implementing it. So I feel incredibly fortunate and proud of the past 11 years. It's exposed me to all corners of our broad industry as well as multiple cultures um, on a business and personal level. Excellent. I feel like I, I feel like we're old friends now that I know know everything about you. Um, and you're the best kind of nerd if you love benefits. I'm, I'm always convinced of that. So you've been in a lot of places. You've lived in a lot of places. What is the neatest place you've ever been and why? Oof. Um, neatest place I've ever been. So I, I, so I just loved Hong Kong. I um, the, the, the funny thing about Hong Kong is I spent uh, maybe a day and a half in Hong Kong before I moved there. It was, a, it was, a, it was in hindsight, it was a big decision. I um, I proposed to my then girlfriend and said, right, next up on the list is we're moving to Hong Kong. And, you know, it was a shaky ground to start an engagement on. Um, but fortunately, um, I married Superwoman and she, she came with me. Um, but, it, but I spent a day and a half there. So I thought it was this concrete jungle. And within two weeks of arriving there, I'd done three of the most beautiful hikes in the world. I'd spent time on beaches. I'd, I'd flown to Vietnam in 90 minutes to spend time in four-star hotels, five-star hotels for the price of you know $50 a night. It was just such an incredible gateway to a world that was so far away from what I grew up with. And if I had, I know this wasn't a question, but it, what it led me to believe is if one piece of advice to anyone, work abroad, explore different cultures, different countries. It's just um, Hong Kong for me is, is hold to hold, a close place in my heart. So that would be the, the most interesting place because it, it led to many different avenues. Wow, that's very cool. 
So we're not just getting like HR advice, we're getting life advice today. So this is, we're all, we're going to be all set by the time we're done. We'll have the world's problems totally solved, I think. Oh yeah, no problem. Let's move on to politics next. Oh goodness gracious. Okay. And with that, let's transition. Now, um, so one of the things you mentioned earlier in the conversation, I, I picked up on this, you said software for employers to help automate some administrative things and move to a more strategic mindset, right? I think that that stuck out to me because the reason I reached out to have a conversation with you is I saw some research that Thompson's did earlier this year around analytics. And I'd love for you to share some of the findings there. Let's dig into those a little bit and talk about what you found because number one, I'm a research nut. Anybody that knows me for more than five minutes knows that, but I'm not interested in the research for its own sake. I'm interested in the practical applications and how we can use that to help improve what we're doing. So I'd love for you to, to share some of the findings and we'll dig into those a little bit and talk about what we can do to apply those kind of things. That makes sense. It does. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So the, the research that I think you you found was the um, innovation generation, the big HR tech disconnect. And that was this year's version of, of research that we've been doing for 14 years. And it's great to finally meet another nerd that likes to get deep into this stuff because I, I feel very much the same. Um, so for, for context, it was around close to 400 HR and reward professionals from MNCs with global responsibility across Europe, Middle East, Africa, Americas, Asia Pacific, Caribbean or Caribbean um, and the Ocean and Ocean took part in this survey and they were asked about the HR and benefits software landscape, whether tech on offer is meeting their needs and what they're doing to prepare for the workforce of tomorrow. So very much that practical application. Now, looking specifically from an analytics perspective, it revealed a huge rise in people analytics teams. Um, and we see this as a response to HR being called upon to take an increasingly strategic role in shaping business performance. So to put some figures around that, the number of global organizations building people analytics teams has risen from 15% to 68% in just three years. And if you look at the US alone, more than a fifth, so around 21% of organizations have had dedicated people analytics capabilities for more than a year. And it only drops a couple of percentage points to 17% of those that have had people analytics capabilities for more than three years. So we found that really interesting. I think that increased focus, it, it certainly warrants a trend. It certainly warrants it becoming the norm. Um, and we wanted to delve a little bit deeper into what that meant. So what's the practical implication? So we looked at it from a, a, a talent profile within the HR team. So we're continually talking about how does the talent requirement change with the um, upcoming robotic movement, AI, etc. But we're always focusing the questions being asked of HR to reflect upon outside of their department. But the rise of a people analytics team warrants the look inside of the HR department to see what does this mean from a talent profile perspective. So we found that 35% of HR teams surveyed have up skilled existing HR team members to become um, data-driven and have analytical capabilities compared to 21% who have looked externally. And by looked externally, that means I've gone to um, the consulting world or I've gone to a completely different industry that are already ahead of HR on the analytics curve. Um, and that kind of remains consistent as you move into the next 12 months with 32% looking to upskill compared to 17% to hire external talent. So we see it as a big movement and it's, um, it's having a, a monumental shift on the type of folks that we see in HR team. That reminds me, I, I did a piece about a year and a half ago, probably, that I was watching this the same kind of thing because I was hearing from organizations saying, hey, we're trying to build this. How do we build it? Who should we build it with? What sort of skills are they going to need? And so I had written a piece around that time called something like People Analytics Build, Buy, or Borrow, where they were saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to find the person on our team that's like a mat, that's like a bin, that's already a little bit of a nerd that wants to play with the numbers and wants to look at the stories 
there. And let's take that person and transform them from their current role into being kind of a dedicated resource for metrics and analytics and all the all things data. The other one was buy, like let's just go and, and find someone in the marketplace and recruit them for that job in a dedicated role. And usually that's in the larger companies where they have the budget just to just snag someone off the street. And the last one was borrow, where they would go to someone else in the organization that was already a little more analytical um, that journey, maybe on the marketing side, maybe on, on sales or operations, someone that had some of that analytics kind of insight and, and bent and grab that person and say, hey, we're going to borrow you for a few hours a week. We'll tell you the HR story and you help us get the data out and help it help us to translate it so we understand the story ourselves. So I love hearing, though, that, that companies are moving that direction, that four times growth or more than four times, actually, from 15 to 68 percent is pretty incredible. That number shocked me, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's huge. And I love the comment you just made in terms of beg, steal, or borrow. The, the, there is a common misconception that digitalization, whatever we call it, and increasing automation and this move to a data-driven world will lead to job losses. So if you think of the, um, the internal hire that you just mentioned then, if that person is truly worried about the robots coming and taking over their job, there is a big, big gap now for HR analytics folks. So what a great opportunity to to pivot my career, pivot where my my mindset is, my skill set to adapt to a opportunity that robotics technology digitalization has created. You know what a what a tremendous opportunity. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I haven't actually thought about that. I usually talk about what skills are going to be in demand in terms of soft skills. You know things beyond just the the technical hard skills we need to get the job done to hire the people and and all the other good stuff there on the HR side. But I love the idea of if you have some sort of fear or concern about this, if you really do believe the worst is going to happen and that we're, you know, if you leave the headlines, we'll all be out of a job in 10 years anyway, start looking at those areas like that, that are in demand, that are high growth, that are opportunities for you to step into it and help translate, right? The, the technologies on the analytics side are getting better and better, right? From an HR perspective, they're giving us better insights. They're able to crunch more data. They're able to do some of those things that, that previously it took a lot of time for humans to do, but at the same time, they can't tell you what to do next and then help you do it. Someone's going to have to make those decisions and and translate that and interpret the, the insights and everything else. And so that's a great opportunity for someone that's on the talent side to seize that opportunity to, to get to, I want to say future-proof, because I, I hate that term and I keep using it, um, but to, to find a way to, to be in demand for the foreseeable future, pretty much. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, let's stay optimistic, right? If you can't beat them, join them. And it's a, it's a great opportunity to expand your skill set. So let's say you, you're the career coach for the HR leaders out there in the audience, and they're like, okay, you know, Matt's woke me up. I think this is important. I think this is interesting. Um, how can HR leaders be more data oriented or driven by evidence than they are today? So I think, um, and it, it, it kind of, what would my top tips be? It, it links very nicely to the fact that I would always have a preference if it were me in the CEO seat. Let's dream for a minute. And they said, right, Matt, create an HR analytics team. I would much rather start with a base of people within my own organization who understand my culture, who understand what it is that my business is attempting to achieve, who understand how this business operates. Every company is different, right? We're all different weird shapes and sizes. So if I can actually inherit somebody who understands that, who just 
get what we do. I think you can teach the analytics and the data piece. So I think my practical advice would be, number one, focus on actions. So what is it, what is it that you are trying to get out of the analytics and the data? Who is using this data? Don't worry about the tech and the tools, because I think that's the easy bit, right? Once you've figured out what is needed to support the business, the why is the biggest question. And then number two, I think, is be very cognizant of multiple stakeholders. So for example, a CFO may want to know X, a global HR leader may want to know Y, um, and then a country reward manager may want to know Z or Z. Um, don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful that it should be shared around with clear um, hypothesis, clear objective related to the bigger business. So I think HR professionals don't necessarily need to become analytics experts or analytics super savvy, but they do need to understand their business priorities and objectives. They need to know how to run processes internally and make decisions. And there are people like us that can help provide what they need to, to act upon that. I love that. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation. I've got to tell you a funny story because we're here and we're talking about data. Okay, so you'll appreciate this. So I heard a story a few years ago. This company said, okay, we're going to be we're going to be analytics driven. We're going to you know change it. We're on the people side. We're going to be numbers, numbers focused. And so they went out and they hired a data scientist. I said, okay, here's all the sources of data we have for our company. Go out there, look at the data and come back and tell us something that we can do to improve. Okay, just go ahead and share it. Go and dig. So he went and digging, digging, dug into everything. And two months later, schedules a meeting, CEO, all the leaders of the company are sitting there. And he said, I've looked at all this information. I've, I've dug into it. And I've come to the conclusion that our company is shrinking. You know, look, here's the, here's the trend over time. We're bleeding people out. We're not hiring fast enough to replace them. The company is actually you know, getting smaller. And the CEO said, yeah, that's probably because of our initiative last year. We decided we're going to shrink consciously by 20% because our footprint was too big. We'd overexpanded. And so we're trying to shrink that. And he's like, oh, well, darn. So he'd spent two months trying to figure something out that they already knew. So don't conduct your analysis in isolation. Figure out what sort of data those kinds of people need from you. Ask them. It doesn't hurt to ask them. That doesn't make you look look like you don't know what's going on. You know, it doesn't hurt your credibility to go to those other leaders in the business and say, what sort of information can I share that would help you to make decisions to run your part of the business better, right? What sort of information could I share from the people side? Because they would love to tell you, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's a great story, right? Focus on actions. Analytics will come behind. It's a, it's a means to an end. The end is what am I attempting to achieve as an individual, as a team, um, but importantly, as a business. Goodness. Oh, I love it. All right. So if someone wants to learn more about the research or connect with Thompson's, what's the best way to do that? So we are on all the usual social media platforms. So LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and our, our handle is at Thompson's online. And then you can also find a lot of this research and a wealth of other resources and get in touch with us at Thompson's.com. Awesome. I'll make sure and get that link into the show notes. Matt, this has been so much fun for me. I really appreciate you joining me for the show. Thank you, Ben. I really appreciate the time. It was great to, uh, great to spend some time with you. Awesome. Awesome. To everybody else, thank you for joining us. This has been We're Only Human, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to We're Only Human. Please take a moment to share this episode with another HR leader who might see it as a valuable resource in their daily work. For more information about the podcast and to see all our show archives, please visit upstarthr.com.